0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Empowerment with Elizabeth. Today, I'm here with my sweet new friend, Lisa, and she is going to talk to us about her experience with sorority recruitment and writing her book, Rush. So Lisa, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well,
1: first of all, hi, Elizabeth, and I'm glad to have you as my sweet new friend. <laughs> and thank you for inviting me to come on your podcast. I'm really honored to be here. So thanks. That's the first thing I want to tell you. Of course. And I'm 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 a mom. Um, My kids are grown. I have two sons. So I never got the pleasure of a daughter going through sorority recruitment, although my niece went through at Auburn. So I was pretty involved with her during that. In fact, it was right after I wrote Rush. So that was kind of fun to have her go through recruitment then. And my sons are 33 and 35. I don't have... Um, biological grandchildren with them, but I do with my husband, and so I have 11 grandchildren with him, which makes it so fun. I adore them with all my heart, and maybe one of them will go through recruitment. Um, I have a little dog named Ziggy. He may join us in a minute. I don't know. He he may be back there on the, let me look behind me. No, he's not back there. Um, A little Havanese, um, darling little dog. I love dogs. Um I am a writer. As you know, I've just finished writing my fifth book. It's not published yet, but hopefully it will be um, here soon enough. Um, we're about to start trying to sell that book, so that'll be great. And I love writing, I love antiquing, I love gardening, I love walking. I love my friends and family. And that's a little bit about me, but I can go on and on if you want me to. But that, that's kind of the surface, that's scratching the surface. I love now, it. Now, did you ask me about to talk about so, my sorority recruitment now, or are we going to talk about that later?
0: I'll cue you with that one later, but what, just okay. right now, what sorority were you in, just for reference? Okay, I was a KD at Alabama. Awesome. I love it. And I love that you mentioned antiquing too because estate sales is like my guilty pleasure hobby that all my friends make fun of me for, so I feel very seen right now.
1: <laughs> well, you should because I could wish I could take my computer and walk around and show you the gorgeous things I've bought at estate sales. So, I'm with you. I think that you and I have got it down. We know. I mean, if they're making fun of you, they're they're wrong because boy, can you get some great stuff. And not have to pay full price.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yep, I'm with <laughs> yeah. you. Promise.
0: You know your 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 book that um, that I really want you to focus on talking about is Rush, and it's one that I read before I went through sorority recruitment at Ole Miss. So it's really special to me. And you know, my mom went to Baylor, and she went through recruitment, but. That was obviously 20 years before I did. So it's very different. And then also, it was in Texas. So she really didn't have a point of reference of, you know, how to help me, how to give me advice. So she read your book too before I went through recruitment. And we kind of used that as a basis for how she could, you know, relate to me and kind of understand what I was going through. So, talk about what initially made you want to write Rush. Well, that's a that's really
1: a uh, compliment you just gave me that you that your mother wanted to re- relate to you through things that went on in the book. The way I came to write Rush was I was at a football game at Alabama. They were playing UT that weekend, and the brand new sorority house, KD House, was open to all the alums for the first time. And I was with my college roommate, and she had been like we'd been best friends in high school, and. we were there, we had, you know, roomed all four years in college and we were there together and we couldn't believe how big and lovely and huge it was. And, and we saw, um, the, the housekeeper and she was pushing her dust mop down the hall and all the girls were going up to her and loving her so much and just telling her they loved her. And that's what we did. And I thought, well, that's not changed. This big old house is new, but that's not changed. So we got in a, we started talking, and I asked her if she liked her job. And of course, she was yes, ma'am. Of course, um, I think we were the same age. And I told her, don't call, you don't have to say yes, ma'am, to me. Um, but we we got talking, and really, she inspired the story because I started thinking, wow. Wow. Okay. The, and I that got me to delve into, you know, how are these ladies paid? Do they lose their job in the summer? Uh, do they, do they get health insurance? Do they get dental insurance? They've devoted 20 plus years to this job. How are they taken care of? So that got me delving into that, looking into it and my heart just split open thinking about that. And I thought if I can write a, a story that showcases that, then maybe perhaps people will see what I see and that, that people who've been working for someone for a long time should well be taken care of. And just to add one more thing, you know, story, the, they say the shortest distance between the human heart and truth is a story. So rather than a nonfiction account of Rush, if you could, if I could create characters and have my readers fall in love with those characters, they could understand them a whole lot better than if they were just nameless faces that somebody was writing about in a nonfiction account. So that's how I came up with the storyline. It really came from Alabama, you know, from my visit to my Sorority house. That's how it happened.
0: I love it. And you mentioned, you know, you had a great relationship with the housekeeper um, when you were in the sorority. So talk about, you know, in that way, but also in other ways, how your sorority experience influenced the book.
1: Well, things are so different now. And I'm sure your mother's told you that, and you know that. But recruitment has changed. It's grown exponentially. It's changed a lot because there were, I think we had the largest pledge class, and it was. Maybe forty that wow. had ever gone through recruitment. Well now it's correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it well over a hundred at Alabama? I think I'm uh, sure it's well, 100.
0: it's well over hundred. It's well over a hundred.
1: I think it may even be close to two hundred at Alabama. So it's so different. But the way my sorority experience influenced this book is how much I loved it and the dear friends that I made that I had no idea even existed until I joined that sorority. Now, my best friend joined the same sorority with me. So that was fun that we did that together. But I didn't know any of those girls. Of course, they're still my friends today. It's amazing how just four years of your life can solidify friendships in a way you never dreamed possible. And then now I'm 65 and they're still my friends. And how nice that is and how you help each other later. I mean, when my first book came out, and when I toured Alabama and different towns where my sorority sisters were, they just rolled out the red carpet for me. They helped me. I stayed with them. We laughed. We we had a glass of wine together. We toasted. We we had so much fun. And and you pick right back up where you leave off when you make friends like that. And i I just loved it, and I thought I want to honor that, but at the same time, I want to bring up the things that maybe aren't always talked about, like getting dropped from rush, um, uh, picking what you think is or not getting a bid to what you think is the best sorority, and you know, and i I'd love to talk about that later, but um just that's that's how it affected me. So I wanted to write a book
0: about it. And you talk about, you know, you obviously you went to Alabama um, Mm -hmm. and the book is based at Ole Miss. So what kind of research did you do in preparation for the book?
1: Many people have asked me, why did you set it at Ole Miss when you went to Alabama? And that's a really simple answer. Oxford itself, the square, all the goings on um, made it to me an easier place to write about. Um also Ole Miss is well both of the schools are quintessential Southern Rush experiences. But there's something about Ole Miss, especially with the Grove and the football, the you know, having parties in the Grove and um let's see what else. Oh, I wanted to have Eli Manning as a just have a cameo role in the book, and it was perfect that he was in a fraternity. He went to Ole Miss. His father was Archie Manning. His brother was Peyton. He was married to a girl. Abby, I think, I'm sorry, I could be calling her the wrong. But anyway, she was in my sorority, from what I understand. And I just thought that when when setting out to write a book, you really have to think about a sense of place and the story you're going to tell. And it just worked better at Ole Miss. So that's one of the reasons I set the book there, but as far as research goes, I had to do a lot of it because my sorority experience, I joined a sorority in 76. So that was quite a bit earlier than 2018. Or I think the book was set in 16. So I had to do a lot of research. I talked to a lot of young girls who were going through recruitment or we're getting their sorority packages ready, their resumes and pictures and all that. I talked to a lot of young girls who had just gone through recruitment. A lot of, um and th- these are all Miss girls uh, who were in Ole Miss sororities. I talked to alums. I went down there many times. I talked to housekeepers. I talked to house mothers. I, um just toured the campus, made sure I knew every step in the way, every step of the way that I knew that campus well, and I did, you know, so that's how I just did a lot of research. And one thing I'll mention is I knew if I got it wrong, I would be crucified, Mm -hmm. you know, so I had to really be careful. What I said, and not many people have accused me of getting it wrong. Every now and then you get a snarky person. Why would you want to write about my campus? You know, but you just have to let that go. Because for me, it was the greater picture that I was trying to accomplish. Like I said, the social justice aspect of the book, you know. So thank you. Thank you.
0: Um, You know, you mentioned my dorm, which is Martin. and. I thought that was really special too, because you know, at the time, like when I read the book, I was reading it in Martin. Um, For you, okay. So that was really cool too. So, um, yeah, you absolutely, you did, you hit it on the head. Don't let anybody tell you different. (laughs) You absolutely research paid off. (laughs) Thank you, Elizabeth.
1: See, I had to go to Martin. I had to go upstairs. I had to go in the dorm rooms. I had to go into the bathrooms. I had to meet the floor advisors. I had to do a lot of that I had to know Okay, where is Martin in association with this fictional sorority house that I made up and, by the way, alpha delta beta that wasn't easy because. There are so many yeah there are a lot of greek letters but to form them right and and have it completely fictional and not be a for an academic fraternity or a sorority or I had to look a long time for that because it was imp- you know obviously I wasn't going to choose a real sorority and so I had to come up with a fictional sorority and that took me a minute to figure that out but I'm glad you got to read it while you were in Martin. So that was a great dorm. Great yeah. dorm.
0: It was. It was. Um, and you mentioned, you know, Alpha Delta Beta. And I just out of curiosity am interested in, you know, was there a physical house? So like a physical house on sorority row or um, Rebel Drive that you were basing it off of when you were describing it or even just like a specific sorority that you had in mind at Ole Miss? Um, just kind of talk about that.
1: It's a good question. You know, Elizabeth, I went to see all the houses you know and i wanted to make sure it was an amalgamation i did not want to single out a sorority and i'll tell you why i'm not a fan of feeling like somebody's exclusive or or better than somebody else you know because i don't see any good that comes from that you know so while i may have mentioned that it's one of the best sororities on campus I like to think they all are, because when you go down that rabbit hole of saying who's better than the other, I think that causes hurt feelings. It causes elitism. I'm just not a fan of that. So I know as much as people have, many people have asked me that question, but the answer is no. And I did that on purpose. And it would have been easy to do that, you know, because we all have heard of sororities that have this reputation or that or whatever. And I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. So that's the truth in that answer. I love it.
0: And I I feel like, um, you know, I was a DG at Ole Miss. And so reading it, um, especially afterwards, you know, like after I went through and had pledged and, um, you know, was kind of referencing the book again to see how accurate it was. Um, when I was looking at your description at the houses, I feel like just because I was a DG and that was what I knew. I was like, oh, this is, this is definitely DG. <laughs> but I-, I wanted you to think that. Yeah. I wanted you to think
1: that. I'm In fact, a, a lot of, Sorry. Go ahead. I no, didn't mean to. You're talk.
0: good. I was going to say every other girl probably had that same experience no matter what house they were in because they were probably like, oh, this sounds exactly like my story <laughs> house. I hope
1: so. And we should touch back on that in a minute. But a lot of my friends were DGs my age. So I have a lot of good DG friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Happy. And I also love And they're your- some
1: of my favorite people, Elizabeth. I will say that. Yes, <laughs> they are. Yeah.
0: Um. I also love what you say about you know not really feeding into the top house mentality. Um. Because I had a ton of friends who were recruitment counselors, and um, especially now whenever I'm talking to girls who are about to go through recruitment, um, you know, or you know, writing them recs or whatever it is, I I think it's really important. And you know, I I don't know what other schools are like, but I do know what Ole Miss is like, and. There are over 400 girls in every single chapter at Ole Miss. And so if you can't find one person that you like in that chapter, then that's a you problem and not a them problem. Um, And I feel like that is pretty common, you know, especially in the South, because there's so many people. So it doesn't fit just one mold. And it's not just one person 400 times over. It's 400 unique individuals who um, could potentially be great friends to you. So I love that you mentioned that.
1: That's beautifully said, because I think about that a lot. Because if, if a girl has, like, let's say she's starting rush and she has it in her mind that she's going to only be in this one sorority otherwise she's dropping out, she doesn't want it. I think it's a lethal thought because like you said, I think that, you know, if they if someone, even if she got dropped by the top 10 she wanted, but still had this one and that one, I would say, don't drop out of rush. Please explore that because 400 people, like you say, you're going to find a whole lot more than one person that you love and you never know how that person will develop into such a dear friendship. You're, you know, that you look back and go, Oh my gosh, thank God I didn't get in that sorority because God has a plan for all of us. And, and, If we are single minded about it, we're never going to see that fulfillment. And to please don't have a tunnel vision when it comes to one, two, three, or four. Just be open. Like a lot of my friends today were not in sororities, you know, yet I love them so much and we have so much in common. And it's okay if you're not in one, but if you are, just embrace you know, bloom where you're planted, don't drop out just because you didn't get a bid to your first four choices. You know, that's what I feel so strongly about that. And it sounds like you do too, Elizabeth.
0: Absolutely. I'm the exact same way. Yeah. Um, okay. Final question. If you could give oh, a okay. advice to a girl going through recruitment next year, or I guess this upcoming fall, since we're already in the new year, what would it be?
1: Well, I think I jumped the gun by just telling you what it would be, but I'll reiterate and say, please go in with an open mind because we long for female friendships. We need female friendships. They're so important to our the development of our life, our character, our faith. Um, when we have boyfriends and then husbands, to be able to talk to them about things that perhaps our husbands or boyfriends don't understand because women understand each other. So my biggest piece of advice would be, please, please, please go into it with an open mind. Do not drop out. If you are, you know, don't get the sorority you want. And if you get cut by all of them, I think there's life outside of sorority life. There really is get involved with something else on campus that your heart wants you to get involved in. I have friends who were cut. I I have friends whose daughters were cut. It's devastating. It's devastating. And I think you learn about that in my book. But one of the things that I'm proud about was my character, Callie, the girl going through rush because she got dropped. And then she got, um, I don't know, back in my day, we called it a kick bid or whatever, but... <clears throat> And then she got into a sorority later, but she was such a lovely person. She may not have had what some people deem the background necessary, but for me, that's all kind of hogwash anyway. Um, But it would be that it would be to keep an open mind. And, you know, um, the original title for my book, which the publisher wouldn't let me keep, and I really wish they had, it was called Mississippi Pearls and Mississippi Pearls were representative of all the women in Mississippi. You know, they used to find pearls, freshwater pearls in the Mississippi River and people would go mining for them. And there's such a thing, it's called a Mississippi pearl and they're rare and they're beautiful. And I, you know, I would like to re-release this book one day and call it Mississippi Pearls. But if just to remember that women, you know, we are all pearls and we all have different things to offer. So that's what I would offer advice to girls going through Rush.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on and chatting with me about, you know, my alma mater and recruitment in general, and just giving us some of your advice and your insight, especially when it comes to your book, Rush. Well, listen, thank you. And for anybody that wants to
1: buy one, I would say thank you, because I always love it when Somebody that's not my close friend or family reads my books, you know, it's like, what? You know, so I'm grateful. It takes thousands of hours to write a book. So we are never not grateful when somebody goes out and pays money for a book. I will say, just, just to say, the paperback and the Kindle version both have an epilogue to the book. The hardcover and the audio version does not. So, if anybody has read either of those two formats and wants a copy of the epilogue, all they have to do is email me at lisa at lisapatton.com and I will email them a copy of the epilogue that they should read that kind of brings it all together. I don't know if you read a paperback. Do you remember what you read? Hardcover? I think
0: I, me, my mom had one and I had the other. I can't remember which one of us had the paperback and which one had the hardcover. Okay, well, the the ep, like I said, the
1: epilogue is only in the paperback, and it's worth reading. It was just something we did at, when that came out. I wish it had been in the hardcover and the audio. The audio is really good, too, for anybody that likes audio books. I had great narrators, and they really brought my characters to life. So that's all I would say is, you know, thank you. And Square Books has been so good to me. They've carried that book. They've promoted that book. I love all my friends at Squarebucks, they they were lovely to me, and I came many times and signed out on the square and got to sign the book. So, anyway, that's that's what I would say. But, Elizabeth, you're a you're a doll, you're adorable. Thank you so much for having me, and and God bless, and good luck in your master's program and in your health science. That's just fantastic. So Thank good,
0: you so much. Thank you so much, Lisa, and I will see the rest of you guys on our next episode. Bye, y'all.